Zhu. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Meet Gwaich for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are policymakers, healers, artists, entrepreneurs, social media content creators, you name it. We talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. It centers around this big point of purpose in our lives. And I can't wait to continue amplifying Native voices today. Absolutely. Amplifying Native voices from... The Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't notice, there's a lot of ambient noise going on right now. A lot of people running around. Absolutely. We're here in the Education Building at the Ampers booth. Yeah. And we'll be chatting with two great folks today. Um, Later in the hour, she'll be running from across town, so it'll be a surprise if she makes it. We will be talking with Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. And up first, we'll speak with Andy Vig, who is the director of the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Communities Cultural Center, Kuchikotati. But before we get into those conversations, Leah, how you doing? Oh, I am great. I always love the state fair. I know it's been a couple of years since I've been here because of COVID and all the, oh my goodness, it's been a complex couple of years, but, yeah. but here we are. And I think people are ready for it. Oh, definitely. Like, I like the state fair, but yeah. I'm feeling ready to go this year yep. more so than any other year because, you know, you've been kind of, we've been kind of holed up, you know, the last few years. So, and everybody's excited and it's great. It's great to be here. Well, have you done anything so far at the fair today? <laughs> Not today. Uh, besides waiting in a tremendously long line, uh, it's very busy today. Otherwise, I was here a couple days back and, you know, did a bunch of good things. Went on the giant slide. Uh, went on the sky ride, got a, too much food, you know, and felt it a little bit afterwards, you know. But that's, that's how it goes. That's tradition here. That's right. But it's yeah. always nice at the end of the day when you get home and you know you don't need to eat supper because you're good and full and happy and full of great vibes. Do you, like have, any, do you have any plans uh, later today? To, <gasps> yeah, or, well, or? I brought my kid. That's right. <laughs> and he's looking forward to doing a few rides, um, eating some food, and I'm hoping to convince him to get, uh, to, to go through the haunted house. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> you got to take some video footage of that. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, all the screams. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, it's great. Well, we're here in the education building. Uh, uh, one of my favorite buildings to be in, there's a lot of, well educational stuff here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's <laughs> and, robots and... Yeah, robots and the Optimist Club, which is looks pretty awesome. And this year, the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community has a booth as well. It looks awesome. It's in the shape of, what, a teepee. Um, and lots of good information, a beautiful calendar, um, a giveaway, and our first guest. Yeah. Our Mm -hmm. first guest today is Andy Vig. Andy is an enrolled member of the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community who played a big role in the creation of the SMSC's community center called Hochokatati, which opened in 2019, and he's the director there. Uh, So he's going to talk with us about that community center as well as the tribe's exhibit right here at the fair, which is steps away from us inside the education building. 
Hi, Andy. How you doing? How are you? Hello, my relatives. It's a great day, and it's good to see all of you. I'm doing good. Namaste. That's great. Um, just, um, you know, I, I did give you a little of an intro, but could you just, you know, uh, give a brief introduction, you know, what you do, and uh, just a quick bit of background. Yeah, so I'm a member of the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community. Um, recently, I was um, asked to be the director of the Hocho Karate, our, our culture center and public exhibit. Um, our community worked really hard on that, so there's uh, a lot of credit uh, with our whole community there. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, you know just uh, trying to help our community any way I can. Um, live on the reservation, and um, my dad was former chairman there for a few years. So yeah. Excellent. Well. How's the Minnesota State Fair this year? Are you a Minnesota State Fair person? Oh yeah, every year. Yep, <laughs> been here a few times. So yeah, do you have a favorite part? Um, well, I got a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old, uh, both boys. So uh, each year it seems to change a little bit. But yeah, we got our our route that we like to take. Are you out here a lot? You know, with the exhibit being here and stuff like that. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of volunteers or staff. Um, some of our tribal members helping out with the booth. And so, yeah, I've been here for four days helping out with that. So. Gotcha. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that booth. Um, what's it all about? Uh, just to raise awareness about the, you know, who the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux people are, our nation, our um, sovereign nation. Uh, you know, we're real close to the cities here, um, and certainly people know a lot about our uh, gaming enterprises maybe or some of our other enterprises, but maybe not so much about the tribe itself. So... When folks stop over at the booth, they can learn a little bit more about uh, who the Shakopee Midwakanton people are, the history, the culture. And uh, yeah, we have a giveaway that um, focuses on our language and our, our moon uh, cycles. So. Yeah, I definitely want to talk more about this calendar. But before we get to that, can you maybe give us an overview of a couple things that the exhibit tries to highlight? I saw Understand Native Minnesota, and a couple other things there. What do you got? Yeah, um, well, certainly the Understand Native Minnesota is a, a large, you know, campaign. Um, I know Rebecca Crook Stratton, our vice or our secretary treasurer, she's been leading the way on that. But yeah, it just tries to show, you know, that we're, um, you know, a good neighbor. Uh, we we sit in between two cities, Prior Lake and Shakopee. Uh, we're located in Scott County, so trying to build that relationship around us. Um, we also are one of the top philanthropists in Minnesota, so we donate a lot of uh, money to uh, local tribes and organizations. And then we are a large employer in Scott County. So the work that we're doing with um, our native green, so you know our land base is very small, um, but we're trying to make an impact uh, with the environment. So we do a lot of prairie restorations and a lot of um, trying to do what we can with this Inamaka on Mother Earth. So, Very cool. Great. Well, should we talk uh, about this calendar? Yeah, let's I get know into it. Let's dig into it there, a bit. There's this gorgeous calendar at the exhibit here in the Education Building. And I see it highlights uh, the Dakota moons over the course of the year. Yep. Yeah, so we yawapiki, uh, counting the moons. So what we did here is, uh, well, first of all, we wanted to raise awareness of our Dakota Yapi, our Dakota language. Um, but we wanted to focus and show folks that um, each moon cycle uh, has a name. 
and we overlaid it on the civil Gregorian calendar that a lot of us are used to. And so when you look at these moon cycles, they, you know, they're not always just in one uh, month per se, but they overlap within the different months. But these names are important because, uh, you know, it's describing certain things that we're doing out in the environment, harvesting certain things at certain times. And some of this knowledge has been lost, so we're trying to, to keep it going. And then a daily reminder for our, our language uh, learners and speakers that um, here it is, you know, we can, we can speak our language every day. So. Nice. And there was a recent uh, moon phase that began on August 27th? Yeah, so it's, yeah, like you said, August 27th was the start of Si Hinaka Tui. I know some of these words are challenging, maybe not as challenging as Ojibwe or Anishinaabe. Can Anishinaabe. you say it one more time? Uh, psi hinaketu we. So psi is wild rice, and hinaketu is the time to store it. And then we is shortened um, from hanwi, which just means moon. So the moon where the wild rice uh, is stored. So. Yep, wild rice storing moon. And I know I've been seeing on social media, everybody's gearing up or out already. Uh, ricing and getting out on the out on the water and doing the wild rice storing moon activities. Yep. <laughs> yep. We, we actually got to participate uh, last year, and then uh, we're going out this year. So uh, we know a lot of the wild rice grows up in northern Minnesota, but uh, with the drought that we've had the last few years, it's growing down here again. So we're we're harvesting it. So. It was a, a major food source for our Dakota people at one time. So, yeah. So, native representation uh, at the fair. Could you speak on just like the importance of bringing this exhibit and with it, you know, more native representation in a space where it wasn't necessarily here before? Oh man, yeah, that's a good, good point, good question. Um, yeah, I think somebody uh, on a different interview said, you know, it only is fitting that you know the the first peoples of Minnesota should be represented at the state fair. And um, I'm glad that we're here. I know um, there's been some other groups that uh, have been a part of it in different ways, maybe through um, their economic uh, items. But yeah, I think it, it only makes sense, you know, and, and, and we're getting a lot of uh, positive feedback and uh, a lot of folks, they really, they want to know more about the tribes in the state, I think. And so being here, we can um, provide them, some, you know, the education and, and different things. So It's really fun to see it when you come into the education building. Like, it's, yeah, what, it's really great. When was the, you know, like the decision to make the exhibit and like bring it out here? Like, how did that all come together? You know, I think it was um, coming from the direction from our business council, um, I think they realized that, you know, we, we do need to get out and tell our story, uh, be present in these areas. And uh, maybe it aligned with, you know, the opening of our, our uh, Ho-Cho Karate uh, Cultural Center and public exhibit. Um, I think they saw the impact of that and they thought, you know, we need to be out there more in front of the public. So Talking about the Ho-Cho Karate, can you give us a bit of an overview? Um, I spent a day there. Uh, maybe early summer, and it is just beautiful. Enjoyed the exhibit, and the gathering space is enormous and awe-inspiring. So can you give us a bit of an overview and what what people can expect when they visit? 
Yeah, so the name of the building is Hocho Karate, which means lodge at the center of the camp. Um, the public space is dev- designed for the um, public exhibit, so it's roughly 4,000 square feet. Uh, it's um, a great exhibit. You know, we tried to put a lot in there, um, but we designed it with a timeline. So we showed our creation stories, went into pre-contact. We also tell the story of the seasons. Um, we go into the fur trade era, the treaty era, boarding school, early reservation life, and where our community is today. Um, we do also have a small gift shop there and library. But yeah, a large part of the building is for our tribal member use, and that's on the lower side, so the large space that you spoke of. Um, our community holds roughly you know, 70 events a year. Uh, we have our general council meetings there. Uh, but we do open the entire building a few times a year to the public. We have an arts and crafts uh, fair and a community day and different things. So, Yeah, wonderful. Can you maybe talk a bit more about Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community's goals with the space? One of the biggest goals is to have a, a place for our, our tribal members, a, a home for our people. You know, we... We uh, outgrew our old spaces a long time ago, uh, and so we really needed a home for the community. Um, yeah, the, the other one that's really big is, is just education, educating our own members, educating the public, um, and, and we have a place that we can do that now. So, On Native Lights, Andy, we, we like to ask uh, our guests, you know, what got them into their line of work, you know, what inspired them uh, to do the work that they're doing? Yeah, well, at a young age, I was encouraged to uh, participate in our community uh, in many different ways. Um, I guess I started with uh, dancing at powwows, um, and uh, we call them wachipi. But uh, I was a grass dancer and a hoop dancer, along with many of my other friends and uh, relatives. Um, I was pretty involved with sports, so I played uh, uh, soccer throughout high school and into college. I was the captain of our Prairie Lake High School team. But um, when I went to college, I, uh, I, I did spend a year at the University of Minnesota and took a lot of the American Indian Studies programs. And uh, I fell in love with the language and uh, my professor, Chante Maza, Neil McKay. And it was a real uh, big um, impact for me. And I, I think uh, with the language... Um, you know, the identity that it brings. And so that really kind of set me on a path that I, I really wanted to learn our language. And um, and then kind of fast forward, um, you know, I got involved with these work groups in our community and uh, we realized that we needed to get more teachers involved teaching the language. And so our community uh, gave a grant um, it's called the Ehana Dakod The voices of our ancestors will be ours again. And we partnered with uh, four other Dakota colleges, and our location was the fifth one, the SMSC. Uh, but it was a two-year language program, and the uh, idea was to try to get more teachers. So I went through that program and started uh, some teaching, and uh, then I got really heavily involved in this culture center, and here, here we are. So Great. Well, I hear that you have a song recommendation. Yeah, it's a good uh, a friend of ours that just performed in our community, and Alex Fire Thunder. So. 
Here's Alex Fire Thunder from the album Love for This Land with, you're gonna, you might have to help me a little bit, but Makoche King Tewahila yeah. 2. Yeah, Makoche King Tewahila Lo. Oh, oh, yeah, two. You got it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Two, that's two. English. Yeah, number two. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You just heard Alex Fire Thunder's song, Makoche Kin Tewahila 2, number 2, off his album Love for This Land, which was released in 2019. We got that song recommendation from Andy Vig. Thank you very much, Miigwech, uh, for all that you do and for joining us today. Opitotanka. Uh, you're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're at the State Fair visiting with fun guests and enjoying the Minnesota get-together. Oh, uh, we have <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan here today. She made it from across town. Citizen of White Earth Nation, community organizer, also an excellent singer, and Minnesota State Fair enthusiast. That is no secret. That is not a secret. That is the best introduction I've ever had in my life. You so heard thank you it for here, that. folks. There you go. Um, We're going to use that lights. in the. That's my new bio. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Buju, how are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It is like. It's September. Cool mornings, beautiful days. I'm here for it. I'm I'm ready. And you know, I've been here at the state fair most days. And you know, they're like the 12 best days of summer and I'm like the 12 new pounds of summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, whatever, it's fine. Hashtag worth it, right? That's right. Uh, totally. Nice. So, you know, how are you, how are you doing? How's how how's the family doing? Our family's good. My daughter's getting ready to start 4th grade and I can't even believe it. Um, she has uh, several bucket hats that she is rocking and is ready to rock bucket hats for fourth grade. Those are um, back in style. Oh, yeah, apparently. Goodness. And <sighs> she got a shirt at Ragstock that I literally had. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You know, it all, like, this, is, this is what it's like. But we are, you know, we're good. We had a really good summer and yeah. You know, you got the campaigns we're, we're out and about, but it's it's been really good. It it's feels kind of flown by, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for summer to be over. I'm ready for September and the good weather, yeah. but not for to lose the summer. Yeah. yeah, like this is this is the right time of year. The mosquitoes are hiding from us, mm-hmm. which I can uh, very much appreciate. <laughs> Have you made it to the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Communities exhibit here at the Education Building? Yes, and it's great. Um, I'm so excited that this, I think this is the second year that um, they're here. They've done an incredible job. I think Secretary Treasurer uh, Crick Stratton in particular has been at the booth talking to folks, handing out temporary tattoos. Um, so if you want to be a baddie with, you know, Buffalo tattoos or bison tattoos all over your arms, and that's your place. But it's just cool to see, you know, we're here. And it's the Minnesota State Fair, and uh, Native folks 
right here before. <laughs> Minnesota was Minnesota, so we should have a presence. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to ask about that. Just like native representation at the fair. Like, how's it like seeing that? It's, it's great. Yeah. I think, you know, we were over a few days ago with uh, Sean Sherman and Indigenous Foods Labs, which was really great. Um, cooking demonstrations. And I think... The Minnesota State Fair is the best of Minnesota, and so Indigenous people need to be included in that. And while, you know, a lot of the foods we eat here and consume here are not necessarily traditional, um, you know, but it's it's important for us to have a, a presence and for Minnesotans to know the history of the state and that we're contemporary people, we're still here, and we make Minnesota a great place to live. Absolutely. Well, that contemporary representation, I know we all are fans of some great native television programs and movies, especially the ones that are coming out and some that, you know, are up in the air, it looks like the future of, but uh, Rutherford Falls, Reservation Dogs, and of course the movie Prey, and there's quite a few more. Um, Do you have what... I don't want to say favorites, but uh, it's something well, that you want to highlight. So or? I think, like, right now, um, if uh, Hulu is listening, I want oh, yeah. them to pick up Rutherford <laughs> Falls. Um, I've never I've never had a show where I've just, like, <laughs> seen myself, right? Like, in, um, and it's funny, and we deserve, we deserve native female leads in sitcoms, right? And so... Um, I'm so grateful to also to Sierra, who's the showrunner. She's been doing incredible work. Jana Schmieding, who is just a goddess, and I want to see her on everything. So um, I'm grateful that Rutherford Falls exists, and I'm hopeful that someone else will pick it up. Um, but also like Res Dogs, the latest episode, right, of all the aunties at the IHS conference. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of <laughs> posts on Facebook and oh. social. You haven't online. watched it yeah. yet, Cole? <laughs> you got to watch I'm going to go through the whole second season once it's, you know, done. Oh, you have yeah. to binge uh, it. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing plenty of responses on that. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm like, how do they know, right? Or, but also just it feels like it's made for us. And I'm so glad that other people enjoy it. That's wonderful. <laughs> and it's, it's just really phenomenal. Every episode of Res Dogs, I am laughing hysterically, rewinding to watch a scene. And then at the end, I am just like in tears. And they've just really captured like the full experience of who we are. Do and it's really a, special. A favorite character on Res Dogs? I love no. cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cheese in his prayer. <laughs> totally. <laughs> cheese is like so very, I'm like was sort of an awkward kid, so cheese is very relatable uh. for me. <laughs> I, I relate with awkwardness, too. <laughs> for sure. But that it is so great to see those shows. And like you said, I feel like you can see yourself in them. I'm like a nerdy native female lead. Yeah. What's up? For me, like, so falls sister. in love with a public radio guy. I'm like, do we get some royalties from that? <laughs> but, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to Leah, and, like, we, we spoke with you on Native Lights at the fair, like, in 2019 mm-hmm. or something like that. And since then, all these shows have come out. Uh, I know. You know. with that. I mean, obviously, there are shows before and movies, but it seems like it's, it's building up steam, like, People are interested in these shows that show actual Native people and, you know, actual real life and things like that. I don't know. It's great. And the writers. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. It feels like, it, like, 
we sort of in this mo moment, right, that needs to just continue into the future. And I think like Illuminative has a lot to do with just like they have hustled to make sure that, you know, there's native representation everywhere and they are just working really hard. So mm -hmm. I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We're very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very oh, yeah. funny too. Mm -hmm. uh, easy mm -hmm. to laugh and yeah, have fun. But Super good looking, right? Have like, you seen Free yet? Super nice. Yes. Oh. So good. It was so good. I was like ready to like just run a mile and be like, I'm ready. And then I was like, oh, the safe fair. I'm going to see food instead. It's fine. Put on some war paint and go exactly, sit out in the woods. That's exactly right. I'm ready for aliens. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, that was such a, a, a good like action flick with another native female lead that was yeah. strong and repping. Amazing. And I like the parts where they just kind of showed, you know, just normal life as yeah. it was happening, if, uh, you know, back in, they, they took some time to, with that, and I like that. It was, yeah, it was so good, and, like, just done in a really good way. Um, also, just some of, like, the most amazing fight scenes I think I've ever seen, just really cool. Start practicing yeah. with the tomahawk and the, the string. That's the right, whip. in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently very effective. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. Great. So you are a busy person. I mean, watching TV too, that's cool. Like that's <laughs> gotta be part of it. That that's a part of the biz, right? That's right. Um and it, I am so curious because, you know, Cole and I often have these conversations with between us and with our guests about, you know, what motivates you, what what gets you, what got you to where you are. And we've had that conversation already, um, which has been wonderful. So I'm wondering today, like, what keeps you motivated? Sure. Well, I appreciate that question. I think right now we are in a moment where we have a real choice to make. If we are going to invest in our community and our people, in education, in making sure that we have a state and environment that is sustainable, whether or not we believe in democracy and if people should, we should make it easier for folks, right, who can participate and vote. And so that for me, especially as we're in this moment, like we just got to grind it out um, in the kind of future that I think you know, I want for my own daughter and for our children um, is a big motivator. And having a nine-year-old who asks a lot of questions <laughs> every day and some that I have the answers to and others that I'm like, my girl, that is a good question. And we're going to keep working to figure that out. I think that is it. And, you know, we just lost a really important person in my life um, in so many of our lives, Reverend uh, Marlene Helgemol. And she was like sort of the ultimate auntie who bossed us around and told us what we needed to do. And she's still going to tell us, right, what we need to do. But I think in many ways, she was preparing us to be the aunties. And so there's this auntie responsibility that I feel in this moment um, that uh, we need to keep doing the work um, because so many folks led us here um, to this moment and we got to keep... Keep working hard. Mm -hmm. yep. Are there any aunties that you'd like to shout out or uplift their work? 
I mean, there are so many. I mentioned earlier, right, uh, Crystal Echohawk and Illuminative. I think she's been just like a powerhouse and just unflappable in her commitment to making sure that we are seen and heard and valued sort of everywhere. Um, I'd also shout out uh, Representative Jamie Becker Finn, who's an important auntie to my kiddo, um, but also, you know, just open Makwa Coffee and is creating this like new space um, for all of us and is the chair of like the Judiciary Committee and always fighting for justice. She's super smart um, and doesn't discourage anyone from being smart, right? You know what I mean? Like, she's not afraid um, to really, to be that and be that example for other young Native women. And if you don't mind me plugging, yeah. uh, we talked to her recently on Native Lights. Awesome. So the listener, uh, you, the listener who's listening to us, <laughs> listening right now, listening. Wow. <laughs> you should check Are that out. Are you sure? <laughs> MinnesotaNativeNews.org. So, yep. yeah, we talked to Jamie. Jimmy wow. okay. Gwage. Yeah. Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, thank you for stopping by. We also had you request a tune. Yeah. Um, yeah. And can you let us know what that is? For sure. It's a theme song to Rutherford Falls because my heart is breaking, <laughs> but I hope springs eternal that exactly. someone else is going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Thank Great. you. Thank, Thank you very much. You heard there the Rutherford Falls theme song. Yeah. It was so great to hear from both of our guests today, Andy Vig from the Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux community and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. I am Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Diego Wabaman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.